Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the National Treasures podcast. My name's Laura Lex. And my name is Will Duggan. Uh, this is the third episode, so you are probably pretty au fait with what's going to happen. But just in case you've not listened before or you've forgotten what happened before, uh, National Treasures is the podcast where we take you, the listener, on a day out. Yeah, it's the kind of show your nan would love if she knew what podcasts were. No offence if you're a nan listening. Uh, yeah, hello, nans. But now, um, so far, we've been to Leicester's Richard III uh, Visitor Centre and Blenheim Palace. Yes, but this week we're heading to Beeston Castle in Cheshire for another one of our unofficial audio tours. Yes, we are. Uh, we climbed, and, and as you'll hear from the huffing and puffing, I do mean climbed, up to the dramatic ruins of this Iron Age fort, ready to take in breathtaking views and rich history. Yeah, it was an amazing day. It was cold but clear, and the views from the top were stunning. You can see all the way from the Pennines right into the Welsh mountains. It's incredible. You can, you can. And if you're uh, extra involved, you're able to hear something incredible that caught Laura's eye on the horizon. <laughs> Shut up, Will. Yes, and you can also listen out for Will's ill-fated attempt to quit smoking. You'll notice he's incredibly easy to wind up on this episode. I've got an addiction. Don't laugh at me. Uh, so <laughs> sit back, relax, and join an incredibly grumpy me getting picked on by Laura at Beast and Castle. Enjoy! <laughs> driving us and we are on our way to Beeston Castle. Yep. As you can probably tell from the title of the episode. Beeston Castle. <laughs> Unless uh, we've called it something mysterious. We probably haven't. We, we are both sort of going into Beeston Castle cold because the previous place we've visited one of us has some sort of attachment to but this is just it's going to be very exciting for us. I feel like I'm going to like this one. Tell me why. Um, I really like uh I like all of that, like, Machiavellian dukes and barons and kings shouting at each other. Right. It makes me feel better. You know when people are like, what's the world coming to? Oh, everybody's mad at each other. I'm like, oh, people used to literally murder their brothers so they could have a house. Yeah. At least very few people still do that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's Henry the First. So William the Conqueror, William the First. Yeah. His son, William the Second... And his brother, Henry I, so William II, William the Conqueror's son, was killed out hunting 
but was almost definitely killed by his brother, Henry I. And then uh, Henry I married William II's uh, widow. Oh, no. So it, it's mad, isn't it? Like Stole his life. Stole his life. Oh, that's grotty. I think from the research I've done, there's also quite a lot for you to be excited about because there's all, like, stuff stuck in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. What's that? Is, is, is it a Maya? Oh, brilliant, I'm in. <laughs> no, I mean, like, they have really old stuff in the mud, um, like, from the... Iron Age. It was a fort, I think. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So um, we can find out about that when we get there. Great. Okay, we are on the dirt track lane, the little lane. Uh, Probably the worst road I've ever driven on in my life. Oh, well, you didn't grow up in rural Somerset then, did you, Will? No. No. (laughs) Well, I won't apologise for that. We did just go through a massive puddle that we had to do very slowly, so we didn't ruin Will's car. You're not supposed to do that, are you? What, just drive into a puddle? Yeah. No, you're not. No, Um, I did. Screw it. Woohoo, we're through. So you can, from the distance, we could see the ruins on the hill. They do look impressive. You can see why they built here. And now driving up, there's a couple of, like, those old timber-framed black and white houses, and then you can see beginnings of walls just poking their little heads out of the trees as we go up. Um, We are, we are imminent. Yeah, sorry, I was quite quiet then because I was just thinking, it's not very accessible, is it? But that's good for a castle. <laughs> I'd say that that's the primary objective. Well, this for wasn't a built. This, this wasn't built with me in mind. No, it wasn't. What kind of a car are we in? A Honda Civic. A Honda Civic. We're talking two point two. Oh, meters hang on a minute. I can see. Right. Okay. We have found the doors. The gate. Probably a gate. There's a lot of lovely dogs. Will. A lot of lovely dogs. It's a cold day. Um, I've been reviewing, having a look online. Sure. And I'm worried because I need a wee already. Um, and a lot of the reviews of this place focus on how bad the toilets are. Great. What do they say about the toilets? Um, so we've got a one star. Uh, visiting Beeston Castle yesterday. Afraid the gents' toilet is a public disgrace. Blimey. And English Heritage need to clean up their act. And their toilets, what it sounded. Yeah. Um, this one's a one star. It's got a title, this one. It's just Dog Turd Everywhere. Okay. So possibly this castle is made of wattle and daub, and the daub is dog turd. Um, this view review says, There was supposed to be a civil war camp. What there was was two tents and a bonfire and a couple of middle-aged men playing with toy guns. Right. That is civil war reenactment, isn't it? Yeah. Also... None of those problems are about the castle. (laughs) Um, We've got a two-star now. Okay. I accept that this is a ruins and not a full castle experience, Mm -hmm. but there should be signage and information all around the site to let you know what you're looking at. Perhaps an artist's impression of how it once was. I imagine this is in the book that they're trying desperately to get you to buy so they can afford to do more stuff. To clean the toilets. Yeah. Directions are poor and the free map is a fiction. <laughs> I think you, they give you a free map and it's just got Neverland on it. You can really tell so much about people by the words they choose. Yeah. That's been written on a very soft chair <laughs> with a bone china cup of tea. Okay, some five star ones. Uh, yeah, the five star ones, they're just nice, really. It's like they're doing a wee. It's his car. It is his car, okay. <laughs> Should we go in? <laughs> I'm going to put that in our TripAdvisor review. 
Okay, well, we feel like since those TripAdvisor reviews were written, changes have been made. Changes have been made. The toilets are, and I don't say this lightly, lovely. <laughs> yes, really lovely. Um, we've bought a guidebook. We're in. We're at the bottom of what looks like quite a forbidding hill. I'm considering buying a crossbow. I think you should. You can tax deduct that. Can I? Yeah, if we put if we use it in the photo shoot. Okay, yeah, fine. Okay, uh, we've taken the arrow castle bound. From a defence position, though, if you were trying to, you now can't see the castle at all. So yeah, presumably true. they can see you to fire down onto you, but you've got absolutely no clear shot up from here. I thought I was really interesting about castle defence at Windsor Castle a while ago. Do you know what murder holes are? Uh, no. So when you'd walk, like, into the gate, it's like the holes, and apparently... Oh, yeah, yeah! They'd rain down rocks and stones and boiling oil and that kind of thing. But someone told me that's a lie. They were called merde holes. Oh. Because if you were holed up in a castle, why would you waste all your cooking oil? You'd throw rocks and shit. Oh. Can you set fire to shit? When you set fire to it, you'd basically cut some with a rock and throw your poop at them. They'd get an infection and die. Oh, gross. There we go. Is that where the word murder comes from? I don't think so. No. Okay. Ooh, there's a turret up ahead. I would really love to be reading you facts from the guidebook, but I can't walk up a hill this steep and talk out loud. It's... I wonder if... Is this all the walk is? Mmm, don't know. Because, again, those... Oh, yeah. Hello. Those reviews were like, oh, it's a very steep walk. I mean, it's not really. It's uphill, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be at the castle, I imagine, in a few minutes, and we'll tell you some lovely facts about it. Hubris. Utter hubris. <laughs> it was steeper than we thought, wasn't Pretty it? Pretty steep. <laughs> We've um, climbed, I don't know, maybe a third of the way up, and we're now at what I think is, if I can read this map, which I inevitably can't, the Outer Curtain Wall. The Outer Curtain Wall. Um, it's defended by a masonry curtain. Okay. Very hard to draw. Uh, With eight projecting towers, these defences look far more formidable from outside the castle than from within. This is because of the sloping ground on which the castle is built. Mm -hmm. We've read about that. The towers look taller from outside because the ground in front of the wall slopes away naturally. They're just now describing what a hill is. A hill. Uh, Hello. (laughs) That is the concept of a hill. The number and location of the arrowslits in the towers add to the castle's menacing appearance. Because they did it like a pumpkin carving so that it looked like teeth holes. (laughs) It looks like Gary Busey from (laughs) over there. Do you want to hear all about the guy that built it? Yes, please. Should we climb up? Yes. I will climb as far as I can walk and talk. So it was built by... Well, it wasn't built by him, was it? No, uh, commissioned by. Well, so you know about the past. When it says, like, he built it... Yeah. Are we talking paid labour to build well, something like this? it's skilled labour, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't... Kind of like the pyramids. Yeah. They don't think it was actually built by slaves anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's... That's t- nice. They're too... I hate shower about a field day with them. <laughs> But it's skilled labour. You couldn't... You'd have to get people who were masons to build it because it's a defensive wall. So they probably would have been paid, but not, you know, well. OK. And it's... they. I think they started building it around 1220. 800 years ago to the day. How long are we talking to build something like this? 10 years? 20 years? Right. It would depend, I don't know if it sounds stupid, but it depends on how fast they built it. 
it, but what I mean is... Yeah, that was the question, though, wasn't it? How fast did they build it? if it was built for necessity, as in, oh, we need a castle, we're going to get invaded, they'd work. I don't think it was. So, it was commissioned by Ranulph III, the 6th Earl of Chester. OK. And he was one of the greatest magnates of early 13th no, century England. No, no, no. Yes? He was a magnate. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was a magnate. And he needed a castle because meta things kept flying at him. So, Ranulph was probably brought up in Cheshire. OK. His nurse, Wymark, nice name, that's died out, was from a local family, and the county remained his power base throughout his career. Ranulph's military exploits were impressive. Oh, I feel like this is going to be bad. Um, he took part it's in crusades, several expeditions... Yeah, probably. Oh, against the Welsh. Right. And played a leading role in the defeat of Prince Louis of France at the Battle of Lincoln. Oh, no, here we go. In 1218, he joined the Fifth Crusade and a year later took part in the successful siege of Damietta in Egypt. Yeah. Ugh. OK, so... I think the Crusades are mad. Not only because of, like, they're mad, but... Imagine walking to Jerusalem. Yeah, just because the Pope told you to. I mean, okay, so King John lost Normandy in 1204. Ranulph <laughs> became a prominent figure in English politics. Do you reckon he had a ch- an accent? Mm, probably French. Didn't yeah. they all speak French, the nobles? Brought up in Cheshire, though. All right. I'm <laughs> off to Jerusalem. <laughs> no, I think didn't the nobles, English didn't become... The language of the court until King Henry VIII, I think, wasn't it? I think all nobles in this country spoke French. After Hastings. English was the peasant language. You're a peasant. Yeah. Happily a peasant. But he'd have a, he'd have a Cheshire accent. Well, he wouldn't. He'd have a French accent. I like accent. me, bonjour. <laughs> Je m'appelle Ranulph. <laughs> and I know that's a Manchester accent before anyone pipes up in the comments. You have a Manchester accent. No, I'm not... Oh, no, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. I'm going to be easy to wind up today because I'm making another ill-fated attempt to stop smoking. What? You literally were just vaping? That's not smoking. Oh, OK. Right. As long as the cancer is wet, it doesn't count. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> as a result of his loyal support of King John and the young Is that Henry King John... Uh, is in Richard of Lionheart, King John? The mm, maybe. Yeah, he was Prince John, wasn't he? That was he ever a king? I think so, yeah. Showed remarkable political dexterity in maintaining his position during the period of royal recovery. Um, After he lost Normandy. Yeah, and Careless. he supported, etc., etc. Oh, why are you talking about him dying? You haven't talked about him starting the castle yet. So well, guess... spoiler alert, uh, Ranulph's dead. <laughs> yeah, he died 26th of October 1232. His heart was buried... Oh, God, he was buried separate to his heart. His heart was buried at the Cistercian Abbey he had founded at Dulacres. Dulacre? Yeah, sure. Dulacre, yeah. <laughs> in Staffordshire. We've done a lot of research this, haven't we? <laughs> and his body was buried at St. Werberg's Benedictine Abbey in Chester. What I find fascinating, so we are now sort of on a, a field. Yeah. Maybe 200 metres away from what I imagine is the main castle building, but also about 200 metres away from that outer curtain. Yes. So would this... It's just their garden, basically. Yes, well, well, it would have been lots of temporary wooden structures. Like, some castles are like have all the great hall and lots of bedrooms and are very much built to be lived in, whereas this one, I think it got taken by the king not long after he'd started building it, like, really not long after. And the king kind of made big... Im- 
improvements to the structure, but because it's so well naturally defended, they never really needed to pour too much money into that. And they never made it much of a living place either. But there are records that troops would be based here, probably in temporary, like big wooden forts and camping out on this bit. You'd be brilliant on BBC Radio 4. Well, I don't want to be on Radio 4. I'm on this podcast. Also, Radio 4 won't book me for stuff. I've listened to you on Radio 4 in the Comedy Club. Yeah, you've listened to me on Radio 4 Extra. All oh, right, sorry. <laughs> right, let's... I think I might swear too much for Radio 4. So we're now... We're, oh, sorry. Shoes are less clean now, Laura. You've trod on them. <laughs> on your nice shoes. The view is incredible, isn't it? So to our back is... You can just see the beginnings of the inner wall. And then if you turn around, you can see for miles. I think I read somewhere that you can see eight different counties from the top of That's it. That's impressive. We've picked a good day to come to. It's very cold. It's only about four degrees. And blue sky with those, like, scuddy white clouds all over it. Scuddy. That's why you're not on Radio it 4. It gets a bit misty over at the horizon. There's like a fire in the, in the distance. Oh, yeah, someone's having a good bonfire. It is lovely. <laughs> Should we take a photo? Uh, my phone won't do it very well. I'll take a photo. Just Google it and you'll Just see a Google better it. photo yeah. than we could take right now. Beeson Castle. And then, do you know what? And then tweet it to us. Yeah, and we'll at, share it. Uh, National Treasures Pod. Yeah. No, at Treasures Pod. Sure. Uh, and then we'll tweet it and say that you've sent it in. Uh, if not, imagine the countryside. <laughs> really uh, it's, nice. Is that? Yeah. Right, we're going to head into the castle. Oh, we, we're actually here at the, what I imagine would have been the drawbridge and the moat. OK, the inner ward. The inner ward. Uh, whoever put on TripAdvisor, no signs, liar. What, there aren't any signs? Uh, sheer drop. Yeah. No jumping. So we're at the sheer drop. Um, so we're sort of at the, the cervix of the castle oh now. Oh, my God, it's not a vagina. <laughs> Why not? If... If, like, swords and stuff can be phallic symbols, I think a castle should be a sign of how strong your vagina is. Um, Got a little vape while you find the next detail. OK. It is a... I, this, it would be incredibly defensive. There is, yeah, a sheer drop. Quite deep. I call it 30, 40 feet. Rocks. Oh, I hate children running downhill. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because I just think they're going to fall over. No, your dad's too clever to run. It's not. Oh, God. Dad's gone. Gravity is going to take. No, that was dad. Just the sounds of enjoyment there. <laughs> Soon to be replaced by this. Childless bit of podcasters commenting on pure joy as it runs past. So we've been up the path leading up the crag. A great rock cut ditch. Yes, this is where the sheer drop sign comes sheer into drop, it. Sheer drop, no jump in. Um, the inner ward was the heart of the medieval castle. It contained the most important residential accommodation and was where, as a last resort, the garrison could hold out against attackers. OK. Um, the rock cut ditch is entirely man-made. I think the whole castle's man-made, babe. No, it means the valley. That's not a natural valley. Why would that be a natural valley? Naturally, what would make that occur? Rain. What, just in a circle? Uh -huh. I don't think you know anything about rain. Um, Wet. <laughs> uh, in the 80s, acidic. In pop songs, purple. <laughs> you look... Uh, you can't see this, listeners, but he looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> right, the stone quarried from the ditch was used for the castle buildings. Clever. Clever, waste not, want not. Clever. 
But remains of the medieval access to the... Oh, right, so there's a modern bridge that we're standing on. That's 1970s. Still pretty Brutalist old. architecture. Still 50 years ago. God, in the 13th years. century, the ditch was crossed by a bridge probably made of wood and supported in part by a pillar of rock left in place when the rest of the ditch was quarried. Oh, can you imagine that? To get So you've been in the, having a few meads <laughs> down at the local taverna. Mm-hmm. You've maybe got your end away with a bar wench. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Uh-oh. La curfew at the castle. Bit drunk. Going to walk across essentially a wooden plank on a pole across yeah. by sheer drop. The inner gatehouse is a better surviving version of the one in the outer ward. The similarity between the two is clear and it is likely that the inner gatehouse was the first structure of the castle to be built as part of Ranulf's design. Again, I don't think he would have designed it. I don't know, actually, because, like, every old castle you go to, you know, it's all... It's, the, it's not pretty. You know, there's very little... Like you go to a, a, a palace or like the Louvre, it's, it's pretty and architects come up with it. This is just... It needs to be thick and strong. But surely it's done as a defensive idea. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's not... He'll have gone, I want a wall here, a turret here, and someone will have gone, right, well... I don't think he put the bricks in. On that theme, did you know that Michelangelo did very little of the Sistine Chapel? Yeah, of course he did. The bloke that actually gets his name on it very rarely did all of it, did he? <sighs> I mean, I know it's not good Like, to you're say getting it. your name on this podcast, but I do all the work. I literally drove you here. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cross. The lack of breakfast and cigarettes is really fun today uh, for me. I know it's not nice to say, but it, you are right. But being a white man is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of. I was thinking the other day. Um, I I'm looking at my career and where it is and where I want it to go, and then I had some nice meetings and you know, some nice things happening. And I went. And I looked back. I went. God, I really do. Don't, I don't work anywhere near as hard as I should. I'm doing all right. Like, I just potter along. <laughs> I, I, I've not tried anything since hey, GCSE. <laughs> Will, just bend over this ditch here. I just want to see how your balance is when you get shoved in the back. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you know, I could, it's not as good as your career. Well, I've worked really hard. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so, there are two sets of gates. Um, I'm really bored by this guidebook. It's not interesting. <sighs> I mean, as, tell you blah, what, blah, 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 blah. if you're interested in Beeston Castle, come and visit. If you're interested in us having a nice time at Beeston Castle, keep listening. I take back, I don't know, 30 feet, I'll say that. Litter. You'd survive that maybe with a broken back, couldn't you? I think you could jump that. I'm not going to, but you certainly could. Oh, I think you'd break your knees, wouldn't you? I wonder, did, did it say in the guidebook if it was a moat? No, I think it was just a ditch. I jumped off the pier at uh, Lime Regis when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, it's, it's all enclosed, so, and like my parents, it was the 90s, they're like, yeah, off you go, because pedos weren't a thing. Um, well, they were, but they were all hidden and getting away with it. Um, but my parents like, yeah, you can't go anywhere. So I ran off having a great time. <laughs> my dad, about 10 minutes later, got to the end of the pier, shocked to find me not there. I, don't know, I disappeared on him. <laughs> and then he looked down at the crumpled boy <laughs> on the beach. Cause, and I remember quite clearly... Uh, this is your mate. Um, Seeing people down on the beach having a great time, thinking, well, I want in. Whoom! <laughs> went over, jarred. But I didn't even, like... <laughs> I landed on my feet. I remember this pain shooting up my legs. Ooh, I crippled. And then the rest of the day, as I was like, you're an idiot, I jarred my ankles. It made me walk around in agony. I had a crab sandwich. <laughs> Should we go to the castle? Yeah, let's do it. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we're just in the main castle uh, with an incredible view, which we're taking a panoramic photo of on my iPhone XR. Um, that we'll put onto the Twitter at Treasures Pod. Not much to add because we're only 20, 30 metres away from where we were on the moat. But I'd like to tell you a lovely story of when Laura couldn't believe the size of somebody's sky dish. <laughs> she went, Look at the size of that sky dish uh, in the distance. And it is massive, but it's also Jodrell Bank. Uh, so, yeah, we're here. There's loads of moles around. Uh, there no, are an, a lot of moles up Another there. lie on TripAdvisor. Haven't seen a single turd. No, I think they must have really cleaned up their act. That, that uh, review that asked them to, they bloody listened. There's the well. Do you well. know what? I can't see from here. Oh, yeah, there's the well. Okay. It's one of the longest wells in the world. That's not true. But it is long. Do you mean deep? You, well, long, deep, same thing. No. <laughs> yes. No? Why? <laughs> Why does long have to... What? Why not? If someone said to you... <laughs> yeah? I don't know. Uh, um, will you... How deep will you be? How long will you be? Yeah, but a well, you know it's going down. Yeah, so, so it's, it's deep. So it's the length of the well down. That's the depth. depth. Yeah, but it's still long. Height, width. If you've got a piece of string and you dangle it off a wall, it doesn't start being deep instead of long. Oh, that is true, but... Well, I, I, I disagree. Well, that is true, but I disagree. Uh, You're an idiot. Right, we're going to look into a well. Okay, so here's the well. I thought it had some Viking runes on it. It's not. It's graffiti. The exact depth of the well has long intrigued visitors to Beeston. It's continuing to uh, today. The length of the well has long deeped. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got that wrong. You should have said deep intrigued. Yeah, I know. I messed it up. In 1794, it was reported that it was filled to within 90 yards of the top, but it was 160 yards deep. A long-standing tradition that King Richard II left treasure for safekeeping at Beeston has led to several attempts at exploration. 
The most determined effort took place in 1842 when it was cleared out to a depth of 111 metres and the current protective coping constructed. I don't understand that sentence. I think that metal thing there. That death stopper. Yeah. Yeah. This site yeah. was used in the, like, Bronze and Iron Age times as well. OK. And they found examples of that. Yep. I've got some questions about archaeology. OK. I will, before we go in... Uh, my uh, specialist area is Stone Age, but I'll do my best. Okay, so here's my first question. When we say Bronze Age and Iron Age, yeah. um, is that specific to England, or were civilizations across like Europe and everywhere developing those sorts of things at the same time? Kind of. Um, certainly across Europe. So when we speak about the Stone Age. We, we do normally mean Europe and that kind of area because climates are really similar on length, yeah. uh, not on uh, depth height. or height, like, uh, latitude and longitude. So Europe... Depth and length, you yeah. call them, if you like. Uh, so Europe is really long, but it's not... So it's, it's got a long longitude, it's not got a massive latitude. So the climate here... It's France, like the opposite of a chode. Yeah, it's the Peter string. <laughs> it's the opposite of a chode. Europe, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's the opposite of a chode. Yeah. So if you plant a seed in a month, six months later you'll get wheat. That is true. If in, you plant the wheat. Yeah, seed. that's true in England, France, Germany, because it's the same climate. Yeah. Whereas Africa, it's quite a thin continent, very, very long, and climate changes massively. In Africa you've got desert, you've got forest, you know. So that information is diff is, isn't true. So stones are very different in Africa. No, no, no. It's to do with technology. <laughs> information passes that well. That sigh was amazing. It was like an internal sigh. It was an internal sigh. <laughs> I did. A pretty good... Uh, it's a really good book you should read called Guns, Germs and Steel. I'm not going to. You tell me about it. Well, it's, it's that. <laughs> Guns, Germs... Okay. Guns, Germs and Steel. So the Stone Age and the Iron Age and stuff refers to... The now. technology of the time. And does stone include, like, because I heard, I, I read that there were, like, flint tools discovered on this site. Yep. But there's no flint age. Is that the stone age? No, because, age? Fl yeah, um, the flint tools would be used to make the stone tools. Gotcha. The Lavalois technique. They are actually building a prehistoric roundhouse here on the site and there's people working on it now. Do you want to go and have a look at it? Yes, I do. Let's do that. They remind me of Jurassic Park, the yeah, of ferns. they do. Were that sort of thing around there? You did archaeology. Were they alive in the... Ferns? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, good. Ooh, that feels like... There we go. There. We've now just seen like, like a... getting into an Iron Age settlement. A woven fence. This is the round. Here we go. Right, OK. So there's lots of logs and stuff piled up here. And then they've done it. They've fenced it in. Oh, look at that roof! That's, that's good. Get a photo of this, Laura. Yeah. Oh, it smells amazing. Smell that. Yeah, there's like a woven deer head. That's cool. Beeston Roundhouse. Here we go. This is a reconstruction of a Bronze Age roundhouse from about 800 BC, based on the evidence of archaeological excavations at Beeston. Archaeologists working at Beeston Castle. Oh, there's a fire. I can smell a fire. So when they say they found archaeological excavations... Yeah. 
What did they find? Just some holes so, in the ground in a circle? No. They'd have found, like, uh, charring in the soil that implies a um, fire. Mm-hmm. They would have found the foundations of the roundhouse. They would also have found... Um, so the Bronze Age, we'd already domesticated the animals doing animal husbandry, so they would have found... But you could almost, you know, you could almost figure out to the exact year, the year we started keeping pigs domestically in the UK. Because... Of yeah, because... The, so stratigraphy is like, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, all the way back. There's a year that appears and suddenly the pig's dentures, the mandibles, have uh, tooth decay and, like, cavities, which they never had before because their food was being given to them. It was sweeter. Ah. So that, that, that's it. That's when it... So, yeah. That's the year. So, yeah, it's evidence. So, that's like... crazy. Well, I was on an archaeological dig when I was about 20 in the Durrington Walls complex, and we found evidence... We, at the time, people thought that uh, Stone Age people were nomadic, but we found evidence of houses. Obviously, you can't find a house because it's all, yeah. you know, struck, but you go, this is a fire, this is a rubbish pit, this is a foundation, and it's, so that's what they would have found. I don't know so how... So it's like a combination of... If you found one of these things, you'd make no guess. But it's, if you find this plus this plus this plus this, you can inference. reasonably assume. Yeah. OK. I don't know how we know this, how it was built. I want to have a look in the sound house. Yeah. I can smell a fire. I think they did say at the gate that there might be a fire. Uh, it's very muddy. They um, wouldn't have had gates, would they? Would have? They may have done. Keep people out. And chickens in and stuff. Yeah. Could chickens fly back then? No. Chickens... Have chickens ever been able to fly? No. Why have they got wings? Because they're birds. What do the wings do? Balance. Right. I mean, I'm making this up. I'm guessing. Hello, welcome to the roundhouse. Hello. So would the fire have been in the middle? Yes, the hearts, yeah. The hearts and all of them. So this is quite a big roundhouse. They'd have been smaller. Um, originally, but um, they they all have centrals. So how many people would have central heating? That's pretty good for this. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, how many people would live in a hut this size? Well, it'd be sort of three generations, really. Oh, be, you know, like and Twenty people, yeah, and they were also metal workers. This is a bronze workers' workshop as well. Okay. So they were both living and working in here. Would this fire have also been like the? the no, no. no you need a forge for that. Um, the forge would be a much higher temperature. Yeah. <coughs> so probably away from the actual living space. Okay, lovely. And we were all not swag. So obviously, we read the thing about archaeological evidence. You can prove there was because of the burning and the littering and that kind of thing. How do we know? This is what they looked like, or is it a guess? We don't. don't. It's, it's an educated guess. Here, the preservation was very poor. We have the post holes, but nothing else because these are out on the lower yeah. of the outer ward there. And it's a castle, um, and it's on the first hillside. So it wasn't great, but we know from other sites in Britain and in Europe, yeah. roughly, well, no different bits from different sites. Sure. And it's just based on a reconstruction of those. You see, yeah, you've, you've got th this bit from this site, this bit from this yeah, site. I and mean, yes. there are places where, I can't remember where it is, is it East Anglia? There's the Must Farm burst, in Cambridgeshire, um, which was a stilted settlement that they built in the fens. Okay. And that burnt down very suddenly and it falls into water and, of course, water preserves, preserves wood. Um, so there's particularly good remains from there and you can see how the walls collapsed in. Fascinating. That's only one. There's, there's places definitely that's built. I mean, people have been when they're building this, they've been bringing in their research, what they've found out about 
different sites and asking to apply it here. And as long as it's authentic, generally, the answer's been yes. So you were pretty much right there, Will. It's like educated guessing yep. on what it was mostly like. I love, have you ever heard that Eddie Izzard bit on archaeology? I have not. A series of small walls. So everybody was very short, no roofs. And over here, the King Clay Banjo. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, I haven't heard that bit, but yeah. Speed uh, archaeology. We used to, um, I did a professor at university, Dr. Colin Richards, I think his name was. Uh, and he used to, whenever he didn't know the answer something, ritualistic. <laughs> <laughs> Why this? Ritualistic. Fascinating, though, that 20 people living there. So there were... Yeah, but like they say three generations, but Grandpa was 39. That's not true. No? The People only think that because of the infant mortality. Brings the average down loads. Yeah, but people were starting to have babies once their period started, Yeah, but what I mean, yeah but, yeah, but... Oh, sorry, I thought... Yes, I thought your point was Grandpa's dead at 39. No, no. You mean he's just but young? I mean, like, three generations are there, but it's not like there's a 90-year-old in the corner, is it? No, but what I mean is there were seven people in that roundhouse then... And it was... Yeah, but you're not in it a lot, are you? I... You're outdoors surviving. They were bronze workers. They were skilled workers would live in Yeah, but the parents. women wouldn't be. And the people, like, They'd making the food. Yeah, but I reckon a lot of it would be outside. Maybe. Maybe. But, um, sure. Sure. I feel like your indoor space would need to be, like, uncluttered and you'd have bed space and then you'd... I mean, I'm talking out my ass, I'm supposing, here, but that would be my guess, that a lot of your life was outside. Yeah. And you were well, very, very grateful to go inside and get warm. But not in the winter. Like, just felt the fact that it's, I bet it's freezing here in the... Yeah. They should have invented, like, carbon dioxide and warmed it up a bit. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, that's if you want, if you want a hot planet. <laughs> Sorry about this. Don't you yeah, worry. You're, you're, right. you, you, you're giving me a, a well-needed rest. <laughs> I was talking to somebody on the way up. I shouldn't have done <laughs> <laughs> So, that was Beast and Castle. Uh, For what is essentially a ruin, I have to say, I really enjoyed myself. What about you, Laura? Yeah, I had a really great time. Like, yeah, there's not loads there, but the view's great, the exercise was nice. Oh, I missed that at the moment. And it was nice to sort of do it with company because the guidebook was dull, but spicing it up by chatting it through was fun. And also, before we forget, a huge thanks to Andrew and Jackie, who you heard at the end there. And I must say it was nice uh, on this podcast to hear a couple of expert voices who knew <laughs> what was going on. Yes, which brings us nicely onto our segment. Yes, that's obviously what we meant. I mean, it wasn't all bad, because you asked me how long did it take to build Beeston Castle, and I said about 20 years. Well, done a bit of research, check this out. Work on Beeston Castle began in the 1220s. And then, according to the records, when the crown took possession back in the 1240s, a large amount of money had been spent on the castle, which suggests to me that my 20-year-ish estimate was absolutely spot on. Well done, Will. Yes, that's very cool, Will, but you do know that this is the part of the show where we correct the things we got wrong, not where you brag about being right and brilliant. Okay, so you don't want to hear about the time when you were right and brilliant then? No, we'll just skip over that. I mean, obviously I do. Well, we wondered what sort of accent Ranulph would have had, mm-hmm. and you said French, and you were spot on. Because the English, no- the English nobility spoke French after the Norman Conquest, right up until the beginning of the early 15th century. Okay, so it feels like we at least flirted with the facts. We had a dalliance. 
Yeah, kind of. Because, I mean, there were, well, there were some things we just didn't know. Like, we had no idea if the King John that Ranulf supported was Richard the Lionheart's brother, that King John. And, uh, you know, yes. Just quite simply, yes. Uh, <laughs> king John was the king after Richard the Lionheart um, af- until he died in 1199. Ah. We also had no idea why Ranulf decided to be buried separate to his heart. Well, this I think this is really interesting. So the practice became common in the Crusades. Noble men were killed in, and I'm using air quotes here, heathen lands, but transporting their bodies back to Europe from the Middle East was obviously really difficult. Heat plus death equals stinky. So what they would do is strip the skeleton of flesh and bring it back along with the vital organs so they could be buried at home. Then it became sort of fashionable and extended amongst the nobility who would then choose to have their hearts buried in places they favoured in life. So Ranulf was just pretty cool. And finally, Laura, it's the biggie. The question that has plagued mankind for millennia. Could chickens fly historically? Oh, no, I didn't do it. (laughs) I was trying to do a drum roll. (laughs) A disappointing drum roll is fine because the answer is no. They've always been bad at flying, and they haven't got better as humans have bred them to get meatier. They're not bothered about the flight, they want the flesh. Uh, though, if you are a big <laughs> fan a horrible of... horrible phrase. They don't want the flight, they want the flesh. That is the worst thing you've ever said. It's not the worst I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> but I did look at some facts about uh, chickens' flights. Do you want to hear them? Yes, please. Okay, so the longest recorded flight of a modern chicken was 13 seconds, and it flew for a little bit over 300 feet. Now, I know you're laughing at what is a modern chicken, Laura. <laughs> I'm a bit, in my head, it's wearing a little leather jacket and sunglasses, like, I'm a cool modern chicken. Boop, boop, doo <laughs> It moisturises. It, a male chicken, would happily share a dessert with another male chicken who it was not romantically involved in. It's a modern chicken. I bloody love a modern chicken. But I kind of think that, if would you say 13 seconds? I'd call that flying. If you were in the air for 13 seconds, I'd be like, Will is flying. That's flying. Laura, yes. chickens cannot fly and neither <laughs> can I. Okay, fine. Well, all right, so we weren't that great on the facts this week. And I'd love to say, oh, tune in next week. Well, we'll be better with the facts. But we probably weren't when we recorded it because we just say anything. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening, though, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, loads of you have got in touch on the socials. Uh, you can find us at Treasures Pod. My favourite tweet we've got is from A Dancer Day 17 because uh, it starts off so negative. I'll be honest, when I heard about this, I thought it was going to be dull and make me yearn for outside. But, and then the tone changes, I'm so glad I gave it a chance. It's so gentle, funny, interesting and calming. And I love your friendship. Thank you for making it. And sorry I ever doubted you. A dance a day, you're welcome. But if you ever doubt me again, I'll come to your house. But yeah, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, and thank you, uh, Zandi Blimp, uh, for the Your iTunes review. A really good idea for a podcast presented by two funny and engaging hosts. Love the Richard III episode. Thanks. Thank you. We loved it too. So do get in touch. You can leave us reviews or tweet us or Instagram us or anything you like, really. We're we're around, aren't we, Will? Yeah, come to my house. I'm there all the time. (laughs) Um, And there'll be another episode out next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.